Today we continue our series on outflow as we talk about being filled up with God and then being able to flow out into the people around us. Last week we covered flowing out towards God and now we're talking about those next closest to us, our family. Family is a great thing. Spending time with family makes the holidays, but it also can be a challenge. So the challenge is to intentionalize that time to be with family. And when you are together, um, even when there's difficult points, especially when we're adults and there's friction and past things, to work past those things in forgiveness and instead look forward to building traditions that point to Christ. This sermon was originally recorded on November 27th, 2011 at Castle Rock Middle School. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, we continue our series called Outflow. Pretty excited about that. This, um, you work from the closest to um, as you work farther out as part of this series. So you're filled up by God's Word, and naturally you're going to respond to that at which is closest. So we're talking about last week just our response to God and what that means in worship. And this week, the next closest thing would be your response, your outflow to your family. So I'm pretty excited about that, especially given uh, the stats we read that people are trying to literally buy happiness and that doesn't seem to be working. They actually did the same study and they said that with the shopping and the thrill of purchasing makes your brain to release drugs like um, dopamine and uh, serotonin. So it actually becomes addicting, that feeling. So if you, you might have a cause if you're saying, I'm really addicted to shopping, and you have to kind of step back from that. Uh, family is one of the things that Christmas is about, and I don't think the issue that we're going to run into is, um, when I say holidays, just for clarification, when I say this holiday season, I'm not trying to avoid the word Christmas. I just mean when we talk about time we spend with family, it usually runs from the days or the day before uh, Thanksgiving all the way through the new year. That's kind of about where it runs, usually actually just till Christmas because you're kind of with your friends on New Year generally. So that's what I mean by the holiday season, or if I say that, same thing I mean with Christmas. I'm not trying to take the Christ out of Christmas, just so you know. So usually Christmas isn't the issue of trying to spend time with your family. I think most people have a desire to spend time with your family. When I talk to people, they say this is actually their favorite month uh, because they get to spend time with your family. This isn't, they don't say I love October because I get to spend time with my family, or I love the fall, people might say that. But when they talk about a specific month in a season, most people say the Christmas season. And I, there's a few exceptions once in a while. Um, good Christian people say, I love Easter, or something like that. But most people, I think, really enjoy the holidays, because you actually get to spend some time with your family. So the issue really isn't, I don't think, that you want to spend time with your family, but once this season rolls around, do you find that there's a lot of other activities that can kind of pull you away from that? Some of these are times with your family, but some of them are not. Uh, work parties, uh, you've got parties with your friends, uh, you have a desire to go see the Christmas light parade. Does anyone go to see that in Denver? I haven't seen it yet. I have a feeling it would just be cold and it wouldn't be super awesome. And the Nutcracker, does anyone go to the Nutcracker? Does anyone do anything cultural? All right, now I'm a, I'm a bit concerned. So you, does anyone do that? We had like a whole list when I was a kid. It started at uh, Thanksgiving and it ran into St. Nicholas Day, which is uh, the 6th of December. He was a real guy. Uh, and so my mom said, this is what we got to go. So we'd hang our stockings. She'd fill our stockings. We had traditions. It started on Advent. The first Sunday in Advent, we'd start our devotions. And that's when she would give us her Christmas ornament, which we could hang on the tree. She kept the tree up until Epiphany. I mean, she had all these specific traditions. We went to certain things, we did certain things, we bought certain things, we made left, so we did all these traditions. And hopefully you have traditions like that, right? So the issue isn't so much spending time with family as, and the desire to do that. It's just that these other things kind of get mixed up in, the, in what we're talking about. 
I read an article just recently. This was a reprint, but it said the happiest people surround themselves with family and friends, don't care about keeping up with the Joneses next door, lose themselves in daily activities, and most important, forgive easily. So if you read this, it's not stuff that makes us happy. It's actually spending time with our family. And when I think about the holiday, is there a greater joy than spending it with little kids? I think that's actually the best. It's like contagious. And you can think some of you have had a chance to have your kids grown. And I think it's now you look at the difference from when they were just like electric and they can't hardly, as soon as like Halloween is done, they're just jazzed because Christmas, is it this day? No, it's not today. It's not for a long time. And I have to explain this. They're so excited and they have the most favoritist rockets and things like this. They're so excited about things. That kind of wears off over time. But that doesn't mean it's not important. Um, we've had holiday traditions for years. We only talk about Christmas. But even at Jesus' time, they had holidays which they would celebrate. All males were required to go to Jerusalem three times a year. They had 14 celebrations a year. So you can imagine the whole family heading that way. One of the stories, the first stories we have of Jesus after his birth is, you know, when he gets lost when he's 12. Um, they go to Jerusalem, the big city of Jerusalem, for a holiday, essentially, and he's there, and they forget about him. And I always thought as a kid, how on earth? Um, my parents forgot me at Treasure Island, not the casino. It was like this kind of cheap. Uh, we had five kids, though, so that's, that's legitimate. They only had maybe one at this time, and they forgot him. And the way my teachers would explain it, they said they, they were so close as a family that they would walk. You know how you have good discussions in the car? Well, they didn't have cars, so then they would walk, like 20 miles a day. And while they would be walking, the families would be talking, and the people from their hometowns would be talking, and suddenly they realized, like, well, we thought Jesus was with the kids. So they have this amazing, uh, wonderful time, and I don't want to print, uh, give this idea that it's this Jewish utopia. And I'm sure there were people who did not go to these festivals, but don't you think they missed out? Maybe they wanted to work or sleep or do whatever, but don't you miss out, uh, especially at a holiday, the time with family and the fellowship and the joy that you can have with each other. The problem, I think, though, is trying to intentionalize that time. And I looked it up. I don't think that's actually a word. And I, now I've realized I've used it. And maybe I just spelled it wrong. So if you can look this up and let me know. I looked up intentionalize and it's not in there. But I think you know what I mean. If you want to actually flow out into someone's life, if you want to have an impact on someone's life, you have to make that time intentional. And this is just a side note. From my own observations, I, when I watch people, they either fall into two categories. One is they love the idea of doing things with their family, but they don't actually do them. And so as long as they had the idea in their head, it, it happened. And the other di- idea is the super planner. Does anyone know super planners? Usually each family has about one of these. So the one that's a free spirit says, you know what, we love to do family devotions. We love to get together with our family. We love to do all these things. My guess is if it's not on your schedule, it's not going to happen. So you could look back in this last week and say, yeah, we do stuff together as a family a lot. Just look back and just like kind of mark the nights where you hung out as a family. And I wonder if it lines up as much as it does in your head. I'll give you an example. Um, my family gets together for family fr- Friday family fun night, which is, and I'm not trying to push this on your own life, but we decide on Friday this is when we're going to do something as a family. Currently, my kids enjoy it. I don't know if this is going to happen when they're a teenager still, but um, currently they seem to enjoy it. And if that was not scheduled, there would be other stuff that comes up. I say we confess sins with our kids on Sunday. Um, I get to do that before they go to bed. And if, if this was not ingrained in my brain, it's Sunday because I'm tired 
I most of the time don't feel like it, and I have to drag myself because I just feel like sitting on the couch and hanging out with Amy and saying, kids, go brush your teeth and put yourselves to bed. Tuck each other in, you know, just do, do like a line or something like that. If it wasn't written in my brain that this happens, has to happen on Sunday, it's not going to happen. If you don't write on a schedule, we're going to have a family devotion on this night. My guess is, if you look back, it happens once or twice maybe over the last few months. That's, so that's the one end. So if you're a free spirit that just likes the idea of it, I'm pushing you towards write it down in a schedule. And that doesn't mean it's less um, cool or less romantic. It's like making a note to say, um, I'm not saying like write down, I love my wife, and then you have to go and send her a note. But it does make some sense to have reminders of yourself to do that. The other extreme is obviously the super planner, and the only thing that happens there is you plan everything, but sometimes um, you do it and you forget why on earth are we doing this. Has that ever happened to you? You have it all planned out, and you're kind of in the midst of this. Why are we doing this lesson and this swim lesson and this activity, and you forget why you're doing it? These are all side notes. Well, one of the great joys of holidays is having kids, and the couple we're going to look at um, today did not have that joy. Uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth, this is Jesus' um, aunt and uncle, did not have kids. And it says, uh, in the time of Herod, the king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. So the issue that they didn't have kids, they longed to have kids. Some of you have careers and things like that. You're saying, we want to wait. They, they longed to have kids. It says in verse 13, the angel answered their prayer. This is what's their desire. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and regulations blamelessly, but they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they're both well along in years. So Mixed with the joy, I imagine, as they went up to these festivals with everybody and their kids kind of running around. Imagine just having Christmas without kids. I mean, some of you experienced it with your kids, and then your kids get older and they move away. It's not quite the same, I won't think. And they went years and years. They weren't able to experience these things. When it comes down to it, people make the holidays enjoyable. It's not the stuff you get. It's not the traditions you have. It's the people that are involved. I ran across uh, one of these touching holiday stories. It's now like 20 years old. So maybe you've heard this one before. Um, I've got to make sure I get her name right. Uh, Tammy Harris in Roanoke, Virginia. So she's 21 years old. And this is, it'll be 20 years this year. But at 21 years old, so 20 years ago, she was looking for her mom. And she was adopted. She searched and searched and searched and searched and couldn't find her. And then her mom was trying to do the same thing. Her mom's name was Joyce Schultz. So her mom's looking for her. They're looking for each other. And Tammy's discussing this with a coworker about how she's trying to find her mom. Have you heard this? And while she's discussing this, her mom, who worked at the same convenience store, started to listen in at this story, and they start comparing birth certificates, and they find out that they had worked together, and there was, this was mother and daughter reunited after 20 years. And there's weeping and tears. It says, uh, Tammy said, this is the greatest day of her life because she got to spend it with her mom. She's, they're holding each other, and they never wanted to let go. But I'm a bit confused. If people make us happy, I ran across another survey put on by a Veterans Association, not a Veterans, a Veterinarians Association, that said, if given the option, if you're stranded on a desert island, if given the option to take your pet or another human being, like your family or your friends, what percentage do you think chose their pet? 54%. 54% if you're stranded on an island would take their pet. 
does, do you have dogs that can make, like, flat-screen TVs out of coconuts or something? I mean, does this... I don't get this at all, and it doesn't make sense. And maybe you're like, hey, you know, Pastor, you've never met my dog. My dog is so amazing, and he's so wonderful, nice. Maybe you're saying you've never met my family. And you're like, I've got a hermit crab, but, you know, you haven't met my brother. So it's kind of like back and forth. I don't know what to do. So, so at the one time, people make us the happiest. But pets? What I'm getting at is the holidays are wonderful when you start talking about the kids' age. And people say, I love kids, and your nieces and nephews. Uh, Dimitri Martin says, if someone says uh, they love kids, that's just saying I like people for a little while. And I think that's kind of true, because eventually people grow up, don't they? And when you think about your family get-togethers, how joyous they were when you were little kids, has that somewhat changed as you get older? And now maybe you're riding a train of regret as you get together, and families that share blood together, can't spend three days together, and the tension of the haves and the have-nots and the jealousy and all the baggage that comes with it. You know, maybe your life is different, but I don't think so. And if you say, hey, when we get together, it's all awesome. Well, that just means, A, one of the relatives isn't there, or B, you're kidding yourself. Because if you're with someone and you love someone that much, um, you're going to have tension. And they say the opposite of love isn't hate, right? It's apathy. So you get, you get people together that love each other that much. They love each other, but there's just that like knife edge between just driving each other nuts. And buttons are pushed, things are said, and there's this tension. You, one's drinking too much. The other one, while you're hanging out, withdraws to the corner. Have you ri- witnessed this? And uh, Blockbuster just came out with their own study, just in case. It says, they found watching movies during the holidays helps set the holiday mood and makes family time more enjoyable. Do you think it's because you don't have to talk to each other? Blockbusters, one of their busiest days is Thanksgiving. One of their second busiest days. They are open 365 days a year because why? I don't think people long for the movie they want to see. I think they long for just like this mental break from each other. I think if we're honest with ourselves, we could say... Before it could ever outflow into many of the peoples in my own life, into many of my family members, I really have to have a conversation that says, I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry for the way that I've treated you. I'm sorry for the things I've said. Can we make this right? There is no relationship, though, that we have ruined more thoroughly than a relationship with God. None. None. To the point that we can't fix it. Proverbs says this, A friend loves at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. He really was, wasn't he, our brother? Born for adversity? When it looked like we had absolutely no chance, when we were honest with ourselves and say, God, I can't do anything with this relationship. Our brother is born. No doubt a cute baby, but no doubt the Son of God. No doubt lived perfectly. No doubt went to the cross. And and it's not like his family dynamics were perfect. Sometimes you think that, like Jesus had to have a perfect world. When you run into his um, conversations with his brothers, they're making fun of him. Have you seen that? They're like, go up to the festival. Not time to show off, right? And I can't say for sure, but when he's on the cross, this is adversity. If he's on the cross, wouldn't you think his brothers would be around or at least we'd hear about it? We hear about his mom and his friend John. 
So alone, possibly alone, he dies for what reason? So that you can be part of his family. So that you can be filled up. Henry Nguyen asked this, and I think about this when I have my son who's about this big. We got a video of my son because I was so amazed. My baby, my phone is that intuitive, but he's like three, not even three. And he's, he's like, hey, Dad, I want to watch a video. And he could find it in Netflix, which means going to a different app, turning, scrolling down and hitting the one he wants. And he could also find it in the, the iTunes section. So if he wants to watch a video, there's all these icons. He can't read. He's just flipping around. He just, and then he watches the movie he wants. Henry Nguyen asked this, though. Why do human beings learn so much so soon about technology and so little so late about loving one another? Do you think it's because we don't fully appreciate what God has done for us? John explains this, doesn't he? How do we know how to love? We love because he first loved us. And the model of loving behavior that we send down to our family and our kids comes from us, but the model that we have comes from Jesus. What are we getting at as you spend time with your, your whole family? This is our last thing we're going to talk about. I'm sure you've got a lot of traditions. It sounds like I, th- I think you have a lot of traditions. When I think about movies that you watch, things that you do, food that you eat all during the holidays, my question to you is how many of those traditions point to Christ? That couple had, uh, had a baby, Zachariah and Elizabeth. They had a baby, John. And I think about all the years that they went to the festivals all by themselves and then the joy they would have had to bring their son. Maybe they go to eat at the same falafel place and the whole thing like my family would do. Um, but I think more importantly, they would have said to him, you are preparing the way for a Savior. You're getting the world ready for him. And they would have pointed how these festivals pointed to Jesus. I think the best time that you can lay down traditions, the best time you can make sure you have time with your family is now. You've got about a month and a half to do it. And are you going to use this time to just make these memories, or are you going to use these times to say, listen, we're part of a holiday that points to Jesus. My family, um, as I said, I had a gazillion traditions, but one was when we'd open our presents, the first one would be, uh, we'd always leave the manger empty, and then they would wrap it, and my, we'd open it, my dad would say, to God from the world, we open it, we get to put Jesus in the manger. What does that say to me as I grow up about what Christmas is about? Or my mom's Christmas card, I'd read it even to this day, has a whole paragraph about what the wonderful things that Jesus has done. And it's not just happy holidays with a snowman. She says, here's why we do what we do. To, to point your family and your kids. And I've got one single challenge for you. I think about the benefit that it had for me as I um, grew up going through devotions. And it was very difficult during the year. You don't always do this every day. But during Advent especially, 25 days, my family would sit down at the table and we would go through devotions every night. We'd light the candles. That was one of my favorite things. Every kid loves fire. Every man loves cars, and every kid loves fire. That's kind of how it works. And guys like cars with fire on them. I mean, that tells you. <laughs> but what are the great joys? So as a church, we bought books for you. So if you've got little kids like Yay Big, we got one that's about their size. It goes till about eight is really pushing it. There's a booklet for every family with a short devotion. It would take you about four minutes. And what I'm saying is before you can outflow into your family, you need to be filled up. So take one of those and do a devotion with yourself. And if you've got kids or family, do a devotion with your family. And if you don't have kids, I realize there's some people that don't have their family here. There's a different book um, written by Mark Jeske. I got to work with him, a great book that you can read. So my challenge to you is during these next 25 days, decide what would possibly get in the way. And if you're free spirit, 
like the idea and actually put it on the schedule. When are we as a family, when am I as an individual going to sit down and say, I want to learn more about Jesus and keep this whole mess of a season in, in perspective? That's my challenge to you because you got a Savior who showed us how to love, and now you have a chance to flow into your own families. Um, so make sure to get one from me in the back. Amen.